Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday, and I am... um, very excited about this week because this week we're doing the formal book launch of the AHA Factor. So that's very, very exciting. You have to, have to, have to come and join me on the um, the live stream. So it'll be video and you'll be able to actually ask your questions on camera on Thursday of this week, Thursday, February 25th at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And the link is right in the description of the show. I see that looking at the description, I didn't put time of the, of the live stream. It's like that's what happens when I'm doing stuff at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be the same time as this show, but it's going to be this Thursday, and I'm very excited about that. So we're going to do um, some fun stuff. We're going to talk about the book, and I'm going to give you some, some pointers and tips. And um, I think we're going to do some giveaways of some free readings, like full, full-length readings and um I think we'll do like a contest or something. I haven't figured all that out yet, but because I do everything kind of spontaneously, but we're gonna have a lot of fun. And um, I'm really even more excited about Thursday because on Sunday I was in Los Angeles and I did my first um, public talk about the book. I actually had live speaking engagements several years ago when I decided that I wanted to go international and do like internet stuff, and and so I. Um, had stepped away from doing like local talks and things, and it was really fun to go. Uh, the conference, the the conference life expo was enormous. I mean, there's thousands of people there. I've never seen that many people on the East Coast. Our our conferences, I guess, they're kind of big, but they're not like that. Um, California definitely holds its own in the metaphysical uh, <laughs> mind, body, spirit space. That is for sure. So it was fun to meet so many of you, and um, I was like overwhelmed. I was surprised we had as many people as we did and uh, the the signing the books and doing the selfies and I got interviewed for a couple of T V shows and so that was, you know, all of you know, a lot of that was a big surprise. I had no idea about those interviews and all that. So it's kinda cool to kind of see that big jump. It's you know, and this is one of the things I wanted to bring up about that is that um when you work really hard and really long for something, um you pick the parallel dimension where that's a success, and it's always magical when you actually physically feel it materialize. And I think that day, as crazy as it was, and my feet were hurting, I was exhausted. But that day, the the, the pieces of that day, as they all came together and all the dots connected, was like what I used to visualize years and years ago. You know, doing a talk for my audience, doing TV interviews, and you know, all that kind of stuff, and um, having so many people come up and say they bought the book at Barnes Noble, you know, in Oregon or, you know, Louisiana or wherever, and, 
it was it was so cool to to have that happen. So I thank all of you, and I thank you guys for who have bought the book and are supporting all of this. I, I'm grateful, and I hope that you'll come out and um, meet me because I'm going to be going on a book tour. Um, and so I have to give a list of the stores uh, and the the areas where I want to do the tour. So what I would love from you guys is if you can. Uh, send me, if you'd like to see me come to your town and do a talk, so it won't just be a book signing, it'll be actually a, a probably an hour talk and, you know, with some question and answers, you can ask me some questions and um, and a signing. Uh, I would love to know uh, if you have a local bookstore, you know, New Age or, you know, independent bookstore or your local Barnes & Noble, I just want to know, um, you know, if, if that would be fun for you. And um, we're going to figure out the schedule and the tour and the dates and all that kind of stuff over the next, you know, next month or so. So you can send me an email at support at ahamomentsinc.com. Support at ahamomentsinc.com if um, you'd like us to come to your local area. Very excited about that. I think it will be big fun. I know we will definitely be in the New York tri-state area because I wrote the book in New Jersey, so I'm going to be going back to that Barnes & Noble to definitely do a thing there. So I definitely will be in New York City and Long Island and New Jersey um, and, of course, Southern California. And then we'll take, you know, we'll figure out the rest. So um, let me know. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys on the road. So that should be fun. So today's um, talk is all about how to set energetic boundaries for sensitive and empaths. And what I mean by sensitive is people who are on this path, people when you kind of start to have your spiritual awakening and um, you become curious about this stuff, a couple of things happen. I say this stuff, I mean mind, body, spirit topics. You start to read books and you start to practice what you've learned in the books. You start to be paying attention to, you know, messages you might be receiving or you start to you get your own deck of angel cards and you start to play with those cards or, or you start to take more nature walks with the intention of getting, you know, messages and all that kind of thing. What ha- a couple of things happen. One is um, when you're, and especially if you start to dabble in the manifesting and then you start to, then you elevate into the more advanced stuff like the parallel dimensions and all that stuff that I'm talking about. Um, a couple of things happen. One is, <coughs> excuse me, and these are the kind of the downside of doing this work, um, if you look at it that way, is one is that things that no longer serve you will drop away. So relationships, work situations, uh, is there something in your health that's been compromised? It might kind of flare up because it's looking to be healed. It's looking to have, you know, to kind of create, to eliminate that that uh, obstacle in your world. Um, money issues will become more intense instead of less intense at first because all of the things that you might have been ignoring or procrastinating about are ready to be solved. So when I get a flurry of like what seems like quote bad luck, unquote, I'm like, okay, there's a solution coming for this thing that may have been sitting on the back burner for six months or a year or two years or whatever. There's a solution here now because it's coming up. So when you start to see things come up sort of out of nowhere, just know that it's because your higher self is the 95% of you that's not in your body, but that's navigating outside of your body to help the part of you that's in your body get through life. That 95% kind of knocks on the door of your physical self and says, hey, you know, 
you want to progress, you, you're you asking me for more money, you're asking me for the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams, you're asking me for, um, you know, your new house, you're asking me for your new job, you're asking me for your your business to take off, you're asking me for your life purpose, you're asking me for all this stuff. Well, I first have to get rid of the stuff that's blocking the door for you to receive. So usually you'll have things break down. Something, some category of real life will start to give way. And that just means that it's making space for the stuff that you really desire. And so um, the other downside of (laughs) this stuff is that as you explore and you start to question and you start to pay attention and you feel like you're on a roll and you're on the right track and all of that, your frequency is going up, which means your level of sensitivity is rising because you're getting rid of distractions in your life. All of a sudden, I, I, I always tell the sign somebody started their spiritual path, they tell me, oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, everything is like like a kid, like wait, like a one-year-old, like, oh, I haven't seen that, what is that? Oh, oh that's a leaf, oh, that's a bird, oh, that, you know. And so when people call me and they say, or they come to me and they say, oh, Oh, I'm experiencing this and that because they're awakening, right? But when you start to even notice that stuff, it means that you've become more tuned in. You are raising your level of sensitivity. And when you do that, what happens is you expand yourself and open yourself up to be more connected and empathic, but also to be more vulnerable to heavy energy because now you're more sensitive so i know that um when i went to that expo this weekend i'm i'm normally on my own you know with maybe one other person or you know with my cats i'm at the beach every day i'm very pure life i don't have kids so i'm not exposed to like germs i'm never sick you know like my my, uh my friends with kids are always trading colds and stomach food and all that i don't get anything like that at all, and um, the only time. But when I get on a plane, I get sick every single time. I come off that plane, I've gone through a whole box of tissues. In fact, I bring a box of tissues with me on the plane because if it's a long flight and anything over two hours, even over an hour, I start my nose starts to sniff. I start to sneeze because I'm so, you know, I've kind of been living in my own bubble, and then I get around that concentrated public, you know, exposure. So it's kind of like when you when you do this work, this intuitive work, you get now uh, exposed to the kind of energetic germs of other people. And so you'll start to feel more and more sensitive and probably more and more agitated uh, where people, uh, you'll start to perceive things that you're not maybe intellectually perceiving, but you're energetically tuning in and you start to perceive more stuff. So, where you used to be able to watch, let's say, Grey's Anatomy and watch all the surgeries and the blood spurting all over the place or Law and Order or any of these, like, hardcore kind of, you know, in-your-face kind of, you know, programs that have anything that's to do with invading into the physical body with a scalpel or a gun or whatever. Many, most empaths can't watch that stuff. Most sensitives can't watch that stuff. You know, I, I had a friend who wants to... Uh, Totally the horror movies. The bloodier and the gorier, the better. She could sit and eat popcorn and watch it. And, you know, used to take her young kids to watch it, and it just made me sick to listen to. Um, 
I just saw an email come in for somebody saying to come to Crystal Lake in Illinois. So, yay, thank you. <laughs> it just popped up on my computer. i got to turn my alarm down here because it was like, oh. So it got me, bounced me off of my thing. Thank you so much for sending that in. Um, and so, uh, you know, when you, she she used to take her kids to see these horror movies. She thought it was entertaining. I'm like, oh, my God, the images, the images. I remember when I was a little kid, my mom took, there was this one movie, and there was, at the end of the movie, it was, uh, somebody got beheaded, and they literally had the guillotine, you know, with Marie Antoinette or something. Boom, off of their head. And I mean, I mean, I must have been eight. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was 10, but I to this day, I remember that. To this day, I could feel, like, I still, like, my whole stomach hurts when my sister cuts her foot or, you know, uh, my cat cuts her foot. I, I just feel it through my whole body. You know, I can't watch blood. I It's just, it's just I'm very, very empathic. I can literally feel pain. When I started doing mediumship readings, I'll never forget it. The first set of readings I did, I did um, in a class. And uh, the teacher handed me the picture of every single person in the room because she noticed that I could, you know, really do well with the reading. So each person had brought a picture of their loved one who had passed away. And the loved one who had passed away, you know, as often happens in a mediumship reading, usually you're talking to someone who's recently crossed over because that's why the person has come to talk to them. And the person who's crossed over is showing you the death scene of how they died. You know, they're trying to, because they're trying to prove to their person, it's really me, it is me, it's me. So they try to they give the medium, you know, clues, uh, you know, or, or scenes. But when I first started, they literally weren't giving me the scenes. They were having me experience the scenes. So I could feel the choking. I could feel, you know, the slicing of whatever, the heart sale, whatever. And I, I had to learn, I learned to say to, you know, I had to quickly say to them, please don't use my body, just show me a picture. Use my clairvoyance, but not my body to express how you cough, because I won't be able to get to it through a session if I'm, you know, feeling the stab at the side or the back or whatever, you know. So, that might seem a little extreme, but we're all that sensitive um, in the sense of, uh, we have the capacity to be that sensitive, I should say, and as you get more and more into this work, you will, you will start to become more and more sensitive. So it really is important that you learn how to set energetic boundaries. Now that is, um, you know, from the vantage point of people on the spiritual path, sensitive and empath, okay? I'm going to put that that's on the table, all right? So just parking that for a second. Because even if you're not a, quote, a sensitive or, a, quote, empath, most people who are hyper-analytical and linear and, you know, um, how should I say, uh, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, what I would consider to be empath or sensitive. Energetic boundaries go beyond just for those who are, you know, energetically sensitive. And they go into the fact that we all have telepathic capacity. We all interact. Part of the conversation that we have is physical, but you're also reading every situation you're in energetically. Every situation you're in. You can go into a store and say, you know, I'm going to make it quick in here. Something doesn't feel right. Um, you can, and then somebody, you know, there's a robbery or something you, you, that you hear about later. That's happened, you know, several times. Or you say, you know, 
I'm going to just, uh, let me put another load of laundry in. I know it might make me run late, but if I could just get this extra laundry. But you're perceiving that there's going to be an accident on the road, so you slow yourself down. And so you, and as you're driving, you're like, oh, wow, there was an accident there. You know? So you are energetically sensitive. And um, a lot of times what people do, and I, I always know when somebody's going to start calling me for advice or whatever, I can just sense it. I can sense it. You know, um, you know, if I haven't heard from somebody or whatever, I can always say, you know, I'm generally not all that surprised when I hear from you know, whoever. And so the reason that is is because as soon as someone thinks of you, they tune into you energetically. Your thoughts don't just happen in your mental mind. They happen in your energetic capacities as well. So if you have people who want your attention, they want you to teach them stuff, or they want you to help them, or they want you to love them more, or they want them to have sex with you, or they want, you know, they they want they want to have sex with you rather, or um, you know, relationships. You you know, you meet. I was just talking to my friend this morning. We were laughing about it. You know, when a girl meets a new guy and she goes out on the first date, and you know, there's a spark and a connection and a chemistry, and and um, and they, you know, they say, oh, you know, well, this is awesome. You know, they have the hour talk, two-hour talk, and it's like, wow, you know, it's all, it's, it's, you know, amazing. Love to get together again. Would you like to do that sometime? Oh, yes, love it. That'd be awesome. And, you know, okay, good. I'll, you know, we have each other's numbers. I'll text you, and let's, you know, let's think about it. Maybe we we'll go out on the weekend or something. Okay, that sounds great. And the guy goes off in one direction. The girl goes off in the other direction. As soon as the girl literally gets out of eyeshadow of the guy, she's texting her friend, like, oh, my God, okay, so this Andy guy, oh, my God, he is adorable. His eyes are this. And, and her, the friend is like, oh, how was it? Okay, listen, um, you know, and the, it's too much to text. Call me. And they call each other, and they start talking. And then, they, you know, they have to describe the date. And then they have to describe the date to the next friend, the next friend. And then they go, and then, and then they start analyzing the date. In conversation, she gets more and more and more and more energetically invested because now she's talking about it with her friends and they're analyzing it to see if it hit all the right notes and then they're speculating about what's going to happen next. Then they call me for a reading, you know, this kind of thing, right? Well, the guy generally says, wow, that was cool. She was cute. Probably like to have sex with her someday or, you know, at least get together and see what else could happen. All right, let's see. What else do I have to do? I need to go get a haircut. I've got to get the car washed. Okay, I've got to get that that, that um, project done. And i got to call Sam to see if we got the, you know, we got tickets to, to the game for Friday. You know, but he's going on. He's, like, kind of, like, moving on with the rest of the day. She's analyzing what happened. So who's getting more energetically invested in the situation? Generally? I'm saying all the time because I know some people will argue with me on this. Generally, she's, whoever's putting all that energy into talking about it, analyzing it, speculating about it, wondering about it, then, you know, juxtapositioning him to the last boyfriend, the boyfriend before that, and the three other people she's talking to online, you know, that's the, okay, that's, that's investment. And it's not just mental investment, it's energetic investment. What she's doing is she's putting energetic cords into him. Why? Because she's starting to invest, but she's going to want him to invest back. When you start to want somebody to invest back in you, you've put an energetic cord in them. And that person feels it. So then you say, well, why didn't he text? He said he was going to text. Why didn't he text? And he's kind of like, hmm. I don't know. It felt cool while I was there, but I think I'd rather go bowling. 
with my buddies tonight. I'll, I'll get to him. I'll get to her. Because he's starting to distance himself already because he's stealing the pole. He's stealing the waiting. He's steal- somehow, some way, he's stealing it. It's energetic. So this can happen to you as well. When people, I know, writing the book and um, and presenting, you know, about the book and then going out and meeting people, and I've been meeting a lot of new people, going out to dinner with new people. It's been awesome, like, me just meeting people of like mine, other entrepreneurs, all that kind of stuff. But there's an energetic load that happens with writing a book and presenting it to people and then people reading the book and they're excited about the book and then everybody's coming out at you to talk to you about the book and it's awesome that they're excited about the book but even them thinking about like reading the book and contemplating the stories in the book and wondering how it works with them and I'm curious about things and wanting to be able to tell me, oh, this happened to me or, oh, I have a question about that. It's an energetic connection. It's an energetic load. So... I notice that I've been distancing myself a lot because there's a lot of people reading the book. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people listening to the shows. There's, a, I mean, thousands of people downloading these shows. You know, tens of thousands. And so there's a lot of churn. And when you have a lot of churn, it's an energetic load. Okay, so that's for somebody that's not even sensitive. That's why you have celebrities who will pull back or all of a sudden they sort of snap or they sort of shun themselves or they, you know, they put their hand up. You see them get, they get very guarded because there's a lot of people not just coming at them by, a, you know, social media and, you know, wanting to touch them or wanting an autograph or wanting a selfie or whatever, but the thought process or the speculation process, there's a load, okay? So, and that's... If, you know, and hopefully it's a good load, you know, it's good thoughts, but if it's not, then that gets even worse. So whether you're an empath and this is what you consider as sensitive um, in the, you know, spirituality level or just, you know, regular person without thinking about that kind of stuff, you're, we're all subjected to energetic uh, connection, okay? And just like there's a physical boundary that's appropriate, you know, somebody that you're intimate with, that your your lover has more, should have more access to you physically, you know, than somebody who you've just met. And so, you know, I noticed like at the show, at the expo, when people that heard, you know, oh, you published a book, oh, you have a show, when they hear, oh, you have a show, because somebody says, oh, Marnie, this is Marnie, she's got this, you know, big radio show, she's doing the TV thing, blah, blah, blah. As soon as they hear she has a show, they want to be on the show, their physical way they approached me was totally different. It shifted because now it's like, oh, I want something from her. I want to be on her show. I want to pitch her about her show. I want to, I want, or I want a show too. I want, I want something from her. And you can see, because I can see energy, you can see the energy shift from just a, uh, I don't know who she is, to, uh, oh, that's her on the picture. She wrote that book. Oh, cool. Oh, and then, oh, she has a show. Oh, they, oh ding, ding, ding. That's something I would want. And the, and the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole body chemistry just shifts. And I most of the time avoid crowds like that. I don't go to expos because it's just like so much energy spinning in a space. So it's very overwhelming. Um or if I'm dealing in a public situation like that and I'm going to teach you how to, you know, shield yourself, I do a lot of shielding. But for whatever reason, this weekend, I wasn't kind of on the top of my game with all of that. I wasn't really thinking about that stuff because I guess I'm still focused on 
you know, the book and talking about the book and kind of coming out from being a host to being a seeker. And, you know, it's a big change in role when you do that. So I was kind of in a, in a spin because I wasn't used to being kind of, you know, heard into interviews and to speaking and this and that, selfies and signing things. And I'm like, why doesn't somebody want me to sign this? But like, that's just funny to me. You know, they want me to sign the book. Okay, you know, all of that. So it was kind of this whole new thing. So I wasn't really thinking energetic boundaries and shield myself like I normally would. So I was exhausted after that. Just, I mean, I came home and I was just like, okay, I, 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 you know, I don't even know how. I think my car drove itself. And so it, 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 um, it is important, though, to recognize that if you are a sensitive or an empath and you go into places that are extremely crowded, shopping malls, airports, um, expos, and those types of things, it is really important that you shield yourself because you are super sensitive and it can be very debilitating um, to be around that many people without shielding yourself. Uh, one of the other ways that you can know that you're energetic, energetically sensitive is how you feel um, um, when you're around other people or when, you know, you go into a room, for instance, and you're feeling fine. Or you're sitting in your house and you're feeling fine and the phone rings. Or somebody enters the room that you're in and they're depressed or they're stressed out or they want something or they're, you know, needy and they want to talk or whatever. And all of a sudden you go from pretty stable to, oh, why did I just feel down? Oh, my gosh. And we t- think it's our own stuff. It's like, oh, I hate it when this happens to me. I just, you know, I'm going along great. I'm feeling like in a really good place. I'm centered. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, I just I just feel like I lost my center. I feel sad. Or I feel anxious. And I don't know, what, you know what's wrong with me. What do I have to do? Do I need therapy? Do I need the Xanax? Or, you know, you need to get away from the person who just walked in the room. <laughs> you know, you need to put up energetic boundaries. Because a lot of the times you're picking up other people's stuff. My friend Dane always says, he asks the question, who who does this belong to? And I love that access consciousness. It's a really awesome tool, you know, where you, you know, his promise is that you, um, we're all psychic antennas and, you know, 95% of the stuff that you're experiencing isn't your own. So if you're picking up everybody else's stuff and you're, trying to fix yourself because you think it's your stuff. It's not really your stuff, so it's not fixable. So a lot of the chronic issues you have could not could very well be somebody else's stuff. Your family, your mother, your father, you know, your sisters, brothers, whatever, coworkers, your you know, your friends and that type of thing. So it's important to say, you know, who does this belong to? And if you recognize your body will let you know it's not you, somebody else, then you can do shields, you can do, you know, clearing work and that kind of thing to to sort of sever yourself and sort of get realigned with your own stuff. you got enough stuff of your own, you don't need to be dealing with everybody else. Setting boundaries. Okay, so we have um, a couple of ways. One is there's boundaries, you know, just in the physical world, right, where you just say, so. like I, I said to somebody at the expo, I was like, okay, can you back up a little bit? I'm just feeling a little claustrophobic here. There's a lot of people. Because he was like, he wanted to be on my show, and I was like, getting closer and closer and closer and closer because like, he was like closing in, like just literally closing in on me. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. And that's like the work of an energy vampire. So energy vampires kind of demand that you talk to them. 
they demand that you give them that energy. They kind of take it. And they'll do it by a lot of whining. They'll do it by constant chronic issues and problems. They'll do it by um, aggression. They, you know, and they can be energetically aggressive by, uh, you know, kind of, if you're, if you say, okay, you know, they can be calling you, then texting you, then showing up at your door because they want you to talk to them, you know, that kind of thing, emailing you, and this is, and and if you're sort of saying, okay, I'm in a zone and I'm just not in that place right now, they they still insist those that keep going around and around and around and around until they get to you somehow, you know, and then then I get mad when you're aggravated. (laughs) So, you know, that can be an issue. But um, the point is that the energy vampire, not everybody's an energy vampire. Sometimes people just need some attention and they're excited or whatever, and they're not trying to vampire or anything. There's nothing ill ill will about it, but they just, you know, they're just reaching out, right? And, um, you know, if you happen to be in this profession or in, in a lot of you who listen in are in the healing arts where you're, or intuitive arts where you're dealing with a lot of people, right? You're dealing with a lot of people on a daily, you know, on a daily basis. So it is really important that you are aware that you're sensitive. So a couple of things that you can do for this. First is, uh, what I call energetic hygiene. We've talked about this on the show in the past, but I know a lot of you listening are new to the show, and it's also in the book. Um, energetic hygiene is super important, and one of the things that I really want to make sure happens as I, you know, kind of move this platform forward is that I'd really like to be able. I feel successful if people would start to see themselves, and like I could get, you know, a million people to start to see themselves energetically first and physically second. Because we actually are more energy than we are physicality. And so that energy has to be managed. And if you're if we're ninety five percent energy and five percent physicality and we're focusing only on managing our physical world and our quote realities and the, the real truth of things, and we're ignoring the energetic side of things, we're missing a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. So what I'm um looking for you know, so so what I is what's important to know is that it's important for you to start to manage your energy, care about your energy, think about your energy. The way you think about taking a shower, doing your hair, you know, um, putting deodorant on, all that kind of stuff. You want to think your about your energy in that level of frequency. Now, some people say, "Oh, I got cleared. I did all that. I did the clearings and everything." When did you do that? Oh, a couple of years ago. But aha. Uh-huh. It's like saying I took a shower a couple of years ago. So these these practices need to be done on a very regular basis because guess what? Unless you're sitting in a cave and you're not involved with any other people, you are being affected by other people's energy every single day. And they don't have to be in your physical space. That's the point. They can be 3,000 miles away, you know, um, it could be your mom who lives on the other side of the planet and she, she's constantly like, 
you are the reason why she's miserable. You're the reason why she's miserable. She's thinking about your comments. And you're just like, gosh, I feel so, I just feel guilty all the time. I don't know why, you know. I haven't talked to my mother in a year. Well, she's thinking he hasn't talked to me in a year or hasn't talked to me in a year. How could he leave his mother like that? How could he leave his mother like that? And so that, so he's still perceiving the energy, okay? Same thing if somebody likes you and you're not particularly liking them back. And they're, they're you know, coming after you with the thoughts and the analysis. So I tell them to a lot of the readings that I've done, uh, women call me and say, okay, is he thinking about me? Is he at least thinking about me? Is he, you know, at least doing, you know, did he write about me on Facebook today? And what, when's he going to text? And I, and what, okay, so when I talked to him last week, he said this, and then the week before he says he says that, that I sent this, this text, then he sent that email, then he didn't say anything. So what does that mean? So do you think he's thinking about And they want me to sort of be his voice. And those are the worst readings for me. They're horrible because I see just how energetically disempowered this person is becoming. They just want me to tell them no and tell them really what they want to hear. And they don't realize that literally killing the relationship or any chance of it by being like that. Because they're spending a lot of time spinning, analyzing, and literally choking off the flow of the energy, the natural flow of the energy. And that person... So, oh, well, it's okay. I didn't text him. I didn't call him. I, I'm good. I didn't text him. I didn't. But you're thinking about him, analyzing him, and then you're obsessing on him. He feels all of that. That's why he still hasn't called or texted. But he can, he can be not sleeping with somebody else. He can be off, you know, like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling really overwhelmed, stressed out. I'm just going to go to the gym. He could be going to the gym every day just because he's feeling stressed out. Why? Because your energy is like a, a you know, bulldozer. So really, really important to be sensitive to how you're throwing your own energy. Just like, you know, you're knocking on somebody's door, knocking on somebody's door, knocking on somebody's door, and they're not answering. Then you say, okay, they're not home right now. I'll give it some time, and I'll try again another time. But you walk away. You don't keep standing, banging, 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 until they, you know, answer. So um, you have to be, you know, energetic and responsible yourself. But so couple of tools for you to use. One is you want to take very regular care of your energy. You want to do regular clearing. Um, one, most of you know I love the special bath I have the recipe in the book, Epsom salt, um, sea salt, and baking soda, equal parts. So a cup, a cup, and a cup, two cups, or two cups, and two cups, you know, whatever makes you happy. And you sit in that as hot as you can stand for 20 minutes. And it's a great aura cleanse, all the radiation and stuff out of your field and all that. But it's, it's a great reset, okay? You can also, if you don't have a bathtub, you can use that as a scrub. Just use it as a shower, as a shower scrub. And a lot of times it's great because if you don't have time to take a bath, maybe you take the bath once a week, but you're taking a shower every day, use that scrub every day and just get the residue off every day. So sea salt, essence salt, baking soda. Um, you can put in essential oils of your own choice, but those are the core things. Now, when and there's another type of bath that's really good to do, and that's with black tea. And when you've been around really heavy energy, really needy people, um, I would say heavy negative energies, or you're feeling it, 
or you've just been going through a hard time where it's like you have these hard problems that don't seem to want to go away and they're just gripping and gritting down on you, kind of like fangs, you know. Um, taking a black tea bath where you just take, you know, like 10 black bags of black tea and you steep them in, you know, the pot and then you pour the pot of water into your bath water and soak in that, that really, like, cuts through very heavy energy. So simple, simple thing. Again, you can do the same thing with just sponging yourself, you know, put the tea in the water, dilute it. Of course, don't make it so scalding hot that you can't stand it and just, you know, sponge yourself down with it. That can also, you know, in the shower, if you don't have time for a tub or access to a tub. Um, the other thing that you can do is it's important to there's th- like three things. You want to take care of your body. You want to take care of your home, your you know, your living, sleeping space. You want to take care of your... And the other space you want to take care of is your car. I can always tell how overwhelmed I am by the condition of the interior of my car. Um, because I, I get to the point where I'm always like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, i got to clean this car, you know. And so those those intimate areas in your world you should be balancing the energetic energies of those as well. And you can do that with a smud- with smudging, smudge sticks. Um, when you smudge, you want to make sure you open the windows and you want to make sure that you, um, uh, so you when, after you finish and the energy is clear in the room, you can burn sweet grass, which is great. That's what the Native Americans do behind it. So you do smudge, then you do sweet grass. And you then, once you've cleared the room, you have to set intentions for the room. You have to give the room its next job, the energy its next job. So you don't want to just clear and then not have any intention for the room. So you set, reset the intention. You also can go around your house clockwise and put salt in the corners. But you want to go clockwise, okay? Actually, to get rid of stuff, you can go counterclockwise. You can go in the opposite direction. But to bring stuff in, you can go clockwise. Um, you can put the, the salt in the corners of each room, you know, all four corners. Or, and, you know, also outside. Sometimes when I've gotten really stressed out, really energetically, like when we had storms coming, like a hurricane or a blizzard or something back east, I would put a circle of salt all the way around the house. And that's an amazing protector. So if you are in an area where you're experiencing blizzards, hurricanes, and the like, you can shield, do energetic shielding um, by by putting the that salt all the way around around the house. I know Dane and I um, have major hurricanes together, and so we were kind of weather maging. And what we did was we pictured ourselves in the eye of the storm in in the in the, on the East Coast, it was like Hurricane Irene and Hurricane Sandy. And you can do this yourself. You can put yourself in the, perceive yourself in the eye of the ball of the storm, and you can push the storm out so it dissipates. Because, you know, a storm is a storm because it's concentrated in one area, and, then the, and it dissipates because it breaks down, it breaks up. It goes out and it just whoosh, breaks up. So you can push energy like that. You can also concentrate energy like that, too. But when you're talking about, you know, energetic boundaries, you can shield yourself. So, like, let's say you're in a storm, an emotional storm with people. 
Let's say you go into the office and everybody's turning on you. Never had one of those situations. Or, uh, you know, you have heavy-duty office politics or, you know, and things like when it gets a lot more of time, people get really competitive and all that. You can put yourself in your own energetic bubble and you can shield yourself. So you put yourself into like a round ball of energy. Um, Dorian Virtue likes to call it a disco ball, so it would be like a, a you know, glass mirror ball or a mirror ball to go the other with the stars. And people can send their energy at you and you can bounce it back towards them instead of it penetrating into your world. And that actually is very comfortable. It, it, I, I wish I had done that at the end, but I wouldn't have come home so exhausted. But it's very comfortable to do that because then it's not you rejecting anybody or trying to shield, you know, have to be assertive or aggressive. It's the shield that's doing the work for you. So imagining yourself in a disco ball, a big ball of white light. Um, sometimes white light can be very intense. So you can soften it by having a big ball of white light and then have some pink light mixed in. So that can kind of still let the, you know, the love. Some people, I noticed, um, especially highly trained people who have dealt with a lot of harsh, heavy energy, uh, they get paranoid about energy, so everything is evil, everything is bad energy, everyone needs to be clear, they're the only ones who have good energy because, you know, and that's like so obnoxious to me, it makes it actually makes me feel crazy to hear people like that. But um, it, when, when people have that kind of um, phobia, energetic phobia, they don't realize it, but if you put up shields that are too strong, you literally block out the good stuff too. Good stuff doesn't make it through too because you're so defended, right? And then you're creating resistance. So what you want to do is have what I call a cheesecloth. You want to have like a filter, an energetic filter on. So you could do the disco ball. Um, you're bouncing a lot of energy back, so you might be missing some stuff. Or you can do kind of like a cheesecloth version of the disco ball, almost like a disco ball but with in screens. So the screens are a filter. So whatever's coming at you. The love part, the good stuff, the abundance, the money, the whatever comes through those holes in the filter gets to you, so you're nourished. But anything that's not for your highest good bounces back to wherever it originated from. Okay? So you can use your imagery however you, whatever feels good to you, whatever feels kind of right to you. Um, But it's important to to make sure that you're paying attention, okay, that you're paying attention to this. Okay, so um, let me just pause here, and if anybody wants to ask a question, you can call them at 347-215-9485. I forgot to say that at the top of the call. Looks like most of you are listening today, and that's fine, but if you have any questions, be sure to call in and ask me, otherwise I'm just going to keep talking. Um, And, okay. So energetically, though, when so the the next thing you can do to take care of yourself energetically. So well, so first you're going to take care of your body, you know, because with energetic things, you know, oriented things like the sea salt, natural salt, and all that kind of thing. Then you're going to do some shielding of yourself. Then um, there's also making sure that your thoughts are clear. Okay, and that's probably one of the hardest ones because it is really easy to get anxious and agitated and then 
start sending that energy everywhere. And remember, and, and you can know how well your energy is flowing by how well people are treating you and how well things are going during your day. So um, if you're constantly like th- doing things like stubbing your toe, things are dropping, things are breaking, lights are blowing out, um, you know, machinery is breaking down, um, your car is sputtering around, uh, people are snapping at you, people are cutting you off in traffic, uh, the cashier is kind of snarky. You are somehow blowing some tough energy because you're that's what you're attracting back, okay? If you notice that um, people are flowing with you, you know, that, you know, things like I was, um, I don't know where I was the other day and, you know, somebody gave me his car, parking space and, he, you know, or I waited to let him through and he gave me a thumbs up and, you know, smiled at me and then somebody else was walking, just random, like I was going to the Whole Foods or something and, somebody, and they just handed me their card. Here you go, you know, you're calling me the card, right? And they're like, have a great day, like super nice, like, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to energetic spaces. That's cool. You know, and then I saw a dolphin, you know, the pot of dolphins at the beach, whatever. The, and the traffic flow was good. And people let you in into the parking lot. And, you know, wave and smile. And, you know, and you start to really let your world whispers, okay? All the world whispers. And whatever you're whispering is coming back. So if you are thinking you're doing all this work, but you're obsessing on somebody, and you're doing all this work because you're trying to stop obsessing on that person, and but you're still throwing energy their way in that way, and then you're guarding and shielding yourself because you think, okay, this person isn't going to like me back, and I better, you know, I better stop liking that person. So I better start putting up my walls. You start putting up your walls. The energy, just like air, okay, the airflow in your kitchen doesn't stop at the living room. And say, oh, I'm just going to stay in the kitchen because I'm the kitchen air. And the living room is the living room air, and the, and the office has its own air, and my bedroom has its own air. The air circulates through the whole house. Right? So if you are cooking something, like right now I have rice in my rice cooker, and I'm on the other side of the house. I'm really far from the kitchen right now, but I can smell the rice with the door closed because I've seen the cats out of my office when I do the show. I can smell that the rice is done. Right? The aroma from the rice didn't stop because that energy only belonged over there in the kitchen. That's the same way your energy goes. So just because you're focused on being really negative about your job or really, you know, really digging into that person who did you wrong or cut you off or whatever, and then you want to know, well, why am I not making money? You know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but you're pissed off at this person you have some sort of vendetta against this other person. You're shutting your money off because your energy is flowing through all categories of your life. Okay? So when I was writing my book, I had all kinds of blocks about writing the book. That took me a long time to write that book. And especially as I got closer and closer to it being published, closer and closer to it being sold and all that, I got really slow with writing the book because I was, you know, it's part of the process of writing books that you kind of get almost like... um, what is the runaway bride? Almost like, you know, you kind of get jitters, right? Is anybody going to want to care about the book? Anybody going to want to read the book? All that kind of stuff. And so I would come up with these 
really elaborate procrastination scenarios to avoid writing the books. But then some of the other things I was doing, projects and whatever that were for money, stopped. Like the, the money wouldn't flow. And then other things wouldn't flow. And I would go to my advisor and say, well, why is my money doing this? Why should you doing this? But like, uh, have you written the books? Like, what does that have to do with it? Oh, it has everything to do with it. Write the book. I'm telling you, every single time I would go to Barnes & Noble and I would sit down and write a chapter in that book, I would sit down with my laptop and I would work until the laptop ran out of battery. <laughs> so I had about three hours. And that Barnes & Noble refused to let you plug your laptop in because they didn't want people staying in their cafe all day long. As long as your battery can keep you there and then they want you to get out so they can have somebody else in to buy food. So, so I would sit there for that three hours and I would get into that zone and I'd just be right in, just like banging out every single time I had sales when I came home. Every single time. Every single time. Somebody had bought something. Because I stopped the block so that energy could flow in. And it wasn't that I made money from the book. It was from some other project or some other thing that was registering at the time or whatever. But, you know, people buying readings or whatever. But money would come in every single time I sat to write that book. Because I was letting down the procrastination thing. And whenever I would procrastinate, think of the other stuff. Okay, so if you're looking at your money situation and your money situation isn't flowing, ask energetically, where am I blocking my flow? And look away from the money. Look into your relationship. Look into how you're treating your friends. Look at the person who gets on your nerves the most and think about how you're flowing energy towards them. What are you thinking about them? Are you obsessing on how so-and-so said they were going to do something and they didn't do it and they never do it and all that? You know, are you set, what kind of resistances are you setting up? Because that, especially as a sensitive, as an empath, you're super powerful. It will affect everything. Um, one other point I'll make is that uh, when you amp yourself up doing this work, this intuitive stuff, the manifesting, the multidimensional, parallel dimensions, even talking to angels, looking for, you know, hoping that you get the, the parking space with your imagination, all that stuff, vision boards, any of that, you're raising your frequency. Okay? You're raising your frequency. And with that comes more responsibility. You become more powerful. And so you can throw words differently. It's amazing what can happen when you put your verbal words and your intentions behind, you know, with your energy always precedes the worst. That's what I want. So I've had people smile or say, okay, Mario, well, we're really happy to work with you. It's fine. And, and behind it is like, I hate your freaking guts, you know, you witch. <laughs> I always pick up that I hate your freaking guts, you witch part. And I ha- I happen to be a New Yorker, so I respond to the intention, not to the words. And that's usually, especially people who come from other places that are more passive-aggressive, 
in New York is very straightforward. So if I have some time learning something in California, I can't be as straightforward if I get want to get stuff done. You know, we're kind of like very literal, very straightforward. But here, down south, overseas, they're not as straightforward. You know, you can be smiling and everything, and it's like, okay, I'm going to cut her. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, hello, it's the next time I'm going to cut her when I get a finish. You know, this kind of thing. And so um, you're throwing energy with your words, but you're also receiving intention. Remember, as a sensitive and empath, you're in receiving the intention of what somebody says, not so much their words. People who are not in this work don't recognize that. So they think they're just smiling and you're not picking up on anything. And you're picking up on everything. Now, I would say people don't lie to me. I always know. I'm a professional intuitive. Why are you going to lie? <laughs> you know, like, hello. You know, if they're not a professional intuitive themselves, they don't know how intuitive you really are. They don't know how much you really, really, really perceive when you're at a professional level of this. I talk to my other intuitive friends, and we laugh about it all the time. It's like, oh, boy, you know. One of my friends said, I always tell every guy I'm dating, don't lie to me. Please don't lie to me. Please don't cheat on me because I will know. And every single time she gets into a situation with a person like that, she knows. She absolutely knows. And then she's got a whole slew of, you know, colleagues that can, you know, vouch for it or whatever. So in any event, um, really important to just focus on recognizing energy first and then your circumstance second. Your energy drives everything, okay? So your physical world is just a reflection of what your energy has been doing. Just like your circumstances, your current circumstances are just a readout of what your dominant thoughts have been over the last 30 to 120 days. Your circumstances are just a readout. So if you're driving yourself and your decision just from what you see in your world and you say, well, okay, that's great, but now I have to get back to reality because I've got this and this and this and this and this and now I'm all freaked out over this bill and how am I going to do that and I need to know when I'm going to get more money and someday when I get more money I'll study more of that spiritual stuff but for now I've got to be in reality. You are choosing a really hard road you know, there's a statistic that um, I talked about in my talk this weekend over the weekend. A gal by the name of Lynn Grabhorn, she's passed away, but she had a book called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And in the, she had worked with Abraham, and she had a, 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 a ratio she used. It was like every 17 seconds of energetic is worth two hours of physical activity. Every 17 seconds of energy work is worth two physical hours, and it might have been longer. Like, don't quote me on the actual, but that, I guess that's the proportion, that, you know, even if it's not that exact number. It's something like two or three hours. So 17 seconds, 17 seconds of energetic focus for two hours of physical work. Okay? So you could, you know, say all this stuff to someone physically, but if your energy is thinking really negatively, that's counting more. So when people say to me, I know I've been doing all that stuff, I've been doing all that stuff, you say, but it's still not working. I'm like, yeah, but what are your, what's your energy doing? What's your thoughts doing? Oh, well, you know, that doesn't, I, just, I did the stuff. I did the task. Whatever your energy is doing is what's going to show up. I do everything you say. Nothing works for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Your thoughts are saying nothing works for me. That's what you're going to get. 
because that's your dominant thought. Whatever dominant thought you have that's backed up with emotion is what your energy is doing. So if you're stressed out and you're, you know, disgusted with this one and this one and this one and this one and this one, the universe can't go around that disgust and give you the good stuff anyway. So when you're really stressed out about money problems, let's say, you can be really stressed out, depressed, freaked out. The universe can't go around that until you find a way to find a good place, a good thought or something that inspires you or something that raises your energy, something that makes you lose track of time. You know, and I know for me, I, I love real estate. You know, if I wasn't doing this work, I'd probably be a real estate investor, developer or whatever. So whenever I get really down, I get up and I go out and drive neighborhoods, especially here, the house is beautiful. Or I'll go to an open house, and I always used to say, uh, when I was getting really stuck in my book, I'm like, I have several realtor friends, and I'm like, I need to sniff the granite. They're like, okay, what do you want to go see? I'm like, I want to go deep that one. I'm like, okay, no worries, I'll get you in. I would go, and I would touch the granite, and I would look at the view or whatever, and I would get, like, I would, I lost track of time. For whatever reason, I could feel the energy of the home. I could feel the heartbeat of the home. And one of my realtor friends, I would just help him. I'd say, okay, if you take me to this house, I'll do an analysis of it so I could tell him, you know, the story of the house. And, you know, this, this is a divorce situation or this is a foreclosure or this is a whatever and the house is this old. And, you know, and then I would say, oh, take this wall down and do this, do that, and we'll sell. And he would sell house after house after house because I was going in there and kind of giving him a read on, you know, how to get the house to move, move, move. So I would get my little points of inspiration, even though I wasn't going to buy the house, and he would get help to sell the house. So it was like a win-win. But for me, the whole point was to get someplace where I felt inspired, and I like, was stepping into my future parallel of having one of these houses. And more importantly, I would lose track of time, and it would unlock the fang grip, okay, of whatever problems I was going through that were feeling so overwhelming. And that's what would get the solutions to come. The solutions will not come if you're like white-knuckling it through life and saying, okay, i got to work this job, okay, i got to work more hours, i got to do this, and you're using your mental mind to force how you're going to make these things work. You have to unlock and go in a totally different direction. If you want a quick result, Go in a totally different direction, in a totally different category. Okay, You're trying, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out a business issue or whatever, or problem. I, I pick it, pick up myself up, and I go do something totally different. And it gives your mind a rest. It unblocks the energy. It gives the energy, the universe, a chance to get around you and your issues, so it can get to you with the solution. And you know, I always say, change won't happen in spite of you. Change happens because of you, okay? And if you really want to see change happen, change the way you run your day. Run your day the same exact way every day. Get out of your routine. Drive a different way to work. Eat something different for breakfast. You know, do a different exercise. Work on a different machine today at the gym. You know, surprise yourself. Go to the grocery store and buy a totally different brand of that salad dressing change something and then it makes the energy flow to fill in that space that you've created from the change. 
Okay? So, remember, from, uh, gosh, I can't believe we finished the show. Uh, but remember, your energetic boundary, okay? Tea bath, essa salt, uh, salt, sea salt, and um, baking cream. There's actually one other tool that I, I'm going to give you before I, I, I sign off, which is essa salt and alcohol together in a pot. And you put a layer of extra salt, then you stout it with alcohol, rubbing alcohol, put it on your stove, don't take it around the house, and you set it on fire and it creates this blue flame. That is the number one way to give your whole energy in your home and your, your art field a total reset. All of the big, you know, heavy-duty spirituality people use this. Epsom salt and alcohol, okay? Please have a bottle of water next to you, you know, you know, don't do it so much that you're going to get a flame that goes all the way to the ceiling. You know, you don't have to be crazy with it. It's more symbolic than it is, you know, all the flames are big enough to get through my whole house. But the essence of the alcohol is the blue flame, and it it really, really, really unlocks um, the energy. It really gives you a nice, clear thing. So if you're going to do, like, a major overhaul with the energy, you do your sludging, you do your salting, you do your sweet grass, whatever, you set your intention, you do your essence of alcohol, clearing, then you go and you take your hot bath. This is like a major kind of reset. Then on a regular basis, like sometimes you do a root canal, all the time you just brush your teeth. The brush your teeth part would be using that salt in the in the shower, right, on a daily basis. Putting yourself in a shield as you're on your way to work. Allowing yourself to take a different way. Okay? You get it? Hopefully you get it. So I'm going to stop here for today. I hope you'll join me on Thursday. Uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can go to the description on blogtalk.com for the show today, and you'll see the link there. You'll also, if you're on our email list um, at theahaway.com, you'll get a notice because I'm going to be sending out a notice tomorrow about the big live stream book launch party on Thursday. So with that, I am going to sign off. We'll see you same time, same place next week. And you know my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, when you take care of it, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Up, oh, see you Thursday. You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A moments with an S, Inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash aha moments, Inc. And Twitter at twitter.com slash aha moments. We can't wait to see you there.